Hey, good morning. We're in uh, week five of our series, uh, Questions Jesus Asked. If you're a guest, uh, we're in a series where we just kind of looked through the scriptures and saw that Jesus asked a lot of questions, and some of the questions were weird, and some of the questions were in your face, and some of the questions were almost absurd, the things he would ask. And, and today the question is, who touched me? And that seems a little weird, uh, you know, who touched me? Um, but that is the question of the day, and I'm going to get to it in just a second. But um, I'm going to talk to you about, a couple of months ago, uh, I was talking to Leslie, and I would, I'd made a sandwich, and made me a sandwich, and I was talking to her while I was eating a sandwich. And in the middle of eating this sandwich, all of a sudden I looked down and I spit the sandwich out, and she says, what's wrong? And what was wrong was that uh, the cheese had mold all over it, and I spit it out, and I know some of you eat that, but anyway, I don't. Um, and, and I spit it out, and I started to think about, uh, you know, that sometimes things get old. Things get old, and um, food gets old, that 30 to 40 percent of food uh, is either given away or thrown away because it gets old. Uh, the eating out gets old, that people are eating at home more than ever, even if that means uh, doing DoorDash or Uber Eats or something like that. People are eating at home more. That uh, cars get old. That you buy a new car and you think it's going to be great, but they get old. And uh, I read this, that Americans are driving their cars longer than ever. That the, uh, now the Americans are keeping their cars about 11 years before getting a new one. I know some of you are blowing that out of the water. You got one last week and the week before. So anyway, phones get old. That... Uh, we upgrade our phones every 24.7 months. Kids get old. And adult children are moving back home in record numbers. And that gets old. And so <laughs> our bodies get old. That there are 54.1 million people over the age of 65. And faith can get old. Faith can get old. Faith can get a little moldy sometimes, a little rusty, and get stale. And the story today, I forgot to tell the first verse. To me, it is one of the greatest stories of faith in the Bible, and it's, it's a little obscure story. It's one of the greatest, boldest acts of faith in the Bible, and it comes with the question, who touched me? So let's look at the story right here. I'm going to read it to you. Read the whole story, then we'll, 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 we'll break it down. It says, as Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowded around him, a woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus... So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, 
came and fell on her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And what I want you to see today is this. A faith that is bold never gets old. That your problem, my problem, is not that we are too bold for Christ. Your problem, my problem, is that we're not bold enough. Your problem, my problem, is not that we have too much faith. Your problem and my problem is that we don't step out in faith. And the thing is this. Inactivity of faith is the enemy of faith. That if, and I told first service this, and I'm going to tell you this, and man, I believe it's on my heart. That if you're not stepping out in faith, if you're not taking steps of faith, if your faith isn't bold, listen to me, then you are living a boring life as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's boring. It's just mundane. I'm trying to do good. I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. But there's no faith going on there. It is boring. And I want to talk about a faith today that when it's bold, it never gets old. And I'm going to talk about it. Here's the first thing. Desperation is great motivation. Desperation is great motivation. Let me ask you this question. We, we live dignified lives. We look good. We clean up on Sunday and everything like that. And we don't talk about things like this. So I'm going to talk about something. Some of your guests, you probably never come back. It's okay. Uh, I'll get it. Have you ever had to go to the bathroom? We never talk about this on stage. I'm not going to talk about it. Like you ever had to, like, I mean, like you had to go. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been desperate for a bathroom? You know what I'm talking about. When you're desperate for a bathroom, it clarifies things. People are talking. You're not listening. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you're, you're turning down the radio. You're speeding. You know, you got to get there. Or somebody that one of your kids, I got to go. I got to go. Look, it is, it is very clarifying. That moment is like crystal clear. I need a bathroom now. I'm desperate for a bathroom. You ever been there? Let's just, uh, let's just, we've all been there. Broke out in a sweat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> Finally get one. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're thanking God for the bathroom. We are. Desperation is great motivation. Our problem is that we don't want to be desperate. We want to have bold faith. We want to have great faith. But nobody wants to be desperate. I don't want to be desperate, do you? I don't want to have a problem too big that I can't fix myself. I don't want that. I don't like that. Do you like that? I want to be able to control. I want to be able to, I want to, be able to muster up and, 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 you know, I, I'm smart. I'm strong. I don't want to have something happen to me that I need, that I can't handle. I, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to have a dilemma, a problem, a circumstance, a situation. I don't want to have a failure, a sin. I don't want to, have, I don't want to be desperate. But listen to me. Desperation is great motivation. And it's usually the premise for great faith. Because it boils things down really clear. Look at the scripture here. It says Jesus went with him. Here's, here's what was going on in the story. That this man, there's a man named Jairus. He's named. He's named in the story. He has a daughter who is sick, and, and he asked Jesus to come heal my daughter. And Jesus agrees. But he's named. His name's Jairus. He's prominent. He has standing in the community. And, 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 and he's somebody. And then we get to the part in the story, it says, in verse 25, a woman in the crowd. She's unnamed. She's a nobody. 
She's part of a culture where she is literally just a piece of property. She's not named. She's not prominent. She has no standing in the community. And she has suffered with bleeding for 12 years. This, this, uh, she has female issues. She has these bleeding issues. And because of her illness, because of her, her bleeding, she really has no community. She has no community. Because she's not allowed to be with the community because she is considered to be unclean in their culture. They just had these cultural rules that if you were unclean, you had to be separate because you could make everybody else unclean. You couldn't be with everybody else. She couldn't worship at the temple. And she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. They had all kinds of these crazy, she had been experimented on these crazy. I was, I was reading that uh, one of the things that she was supposed to do was carry dung around. That was one of the cures that she was supposed to do, the dung of a donkey, or she was supposed to carry around burnt ostrich eggs and, and stuff like this, all these crazy things she had to do. And so she had suffered for 12 years. She had gone to the doctors hoping that, that they could help her. And over the years, she spent everything she had. She lost it all. To pay him, and she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Man, you ever been there? Man, that's desperate. When you've gone to the doctor and you, I think about her, uh, I've been whining, um, and, and I'm not much of a whiner because I'm never sick, but I've been sick the last four weeks with a cold. I hadn't been going, so I've been whining to my staff for four, four weeks. She's 12 years. 12 years not getting any better. She had gotten worse. She was desperate. Desperation is great motivation. We just don't want to be desperate. I don't want to be desperate. You don't want to be desperate. We don't, we don't want to live in this, this condition. We don't want to have things bad happen to us. We, we really want to, like, like I think about what, what our picture perfect day and, and like a And I think about a time in my life where I was desperate. I saw Jason Smith here today. I think about you, think I tell this story every time you're here, but I don't. But I remember a moment where I was desperate. I just yelled at one of my kids. We'd gone camping. Something happened, I just, man, I just yelled at him. And so because we were camping, we were all together, I heard my kids say, and they, they were, they were, they were, I don't think they were being disrespectful. They was, it, was, it was justified what they were saying. They said, why does dad always do this? Why is dad always mad? And I laid awake, listen to me, all night that night in the camper. And I said, something's wrong with me, Lord. I don't know why I'm so angry. Something's wrong with me. That moment right there, I was desperate. I was desperate. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to. You ever been desperate? You ever, you ever had, man, I, man, I need, I need the Lord? I'm desperate. Desperation is great motivation. It clarifies everything. The second thing is this. 
Is a mustard seed as much? Mustard seed as much? Because when we talk about faith, everybody, and I talk about bold faith, you're talking about, boy, you must be looking at somebody else. No, 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 I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. And I keep a mustard seed in my office. I keep just, we did a series years ago, probably 15 years ago. We gave out mustard seeds to everybody, and I've kept mine in my office because there's days where I don't feel like I have much faith. There's days where I feel like I need more faith. There's most of the time I don't feel like I'm really bold. And then I look at this. And a mustard seed's much. And this woman, she has this motivation from being so desperate that it causes her to do something. Look at the scriptures here. Man, I love this part of the story. I could put myself here. She had heard about Jesus. Man, what a statement. I think about my life. Man, I heard about Jesus. Even in my moment of desperation when I talk about having anger issues and, 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 and affecting my family, that I, I, I asked Jesus, when did Jesus? She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. This is an incredible thought. An incredible thought. This woman risked everything. She goes into the crowd. She's supposed to stay away because she's unclean. She goes into the crowd where she could be ostracized. She could, she could be stoned, possibly. She takes this risk, and she has this thought that if I can touch his robe, the Scripture says that if she, she says, if I could touch the hem of his garment, if I could touch a thread of his robe... I might get healed. I'll be healed. And this is the only account in Scripture of a person touching Jesus. See, Jesus healed people a lot of different ways. Really, really bizarre if you ever study how Jesus healed. Sometimes Jesus touched people. Sometimes he spoke it out. There are a couple of accounts where Jesus spit on people. Spit on it and wiped it all over them. All right, you're healed. I don't think any of us want that part. I'll take the speaking. I'll do the speaking one on me, Jesus. Don't do the spitting one. But this woman, man, she's got a bold faith. She goes into the crowd and she says, I can be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Now, I don't know how much faith she had. She wasn't a Bible scholar. She wasn't a prophet. She wasn't a pastor. She was an unnamed woman who had heard about Jesus. She had a mustard seed of faith. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you don't have much faith. Maybe you are desperate. Maybe you think, I don't have enough faith. Jesus said this. He says, you don't have enough faith. I tell you the truth, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. That with God, a mustard seed of faith is enough. A mustard seed of faith is bold. So I'm going to ask you a question. When's the last time you stepped out in faith? I mean, really. Let's just be real here today. When's the last time that you stepped out in faith that, man, you, you were nervous about it? You were nervous. I'm stepping out in faith today. That I, I'll just throw out some scenarios and you, you, you do whatever you want. I'm going to give something away. 
I'm nervous about him. I'm going to start tithing. I'm nervous. I'm scared about this. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know if this, this whole thing is true, that God will take care of me if I, if I give some money away. Or I'm going to start serving. Or I'm going to stop doing this. Or I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going to take a risk today. I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. When's the last time you, you were willing to look stupid? I'll look stupid for you. I'm going to do this. I, 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 may, I may look stupid. So our problem isn't that we don't have enough faith. Our problem is we just don't act on our faith. Our problem is that maybe we're not desperate because when we're desperate, it clarifies everything. I'm, I'm going to do this. Which leads me to the last statement, which was my first statement. Faith that is bold never gets old. I want to walk you through this. I want to walk you through this and just look at this. Faith that is bold never gets old. Not to Jesus. Never gets old to Jesus. Jesus could have healed this woman and just let her go. He could have let it be obscure and everything. But Jesus isn't going to do that. He's going to call her out. He's going to recognize her faith. Jesus always recognizes faith. Faith is always recognized by God. The, the scriptures on faith says, without faith it is impossible to please God. That the righteous shall live by faith. That this is this important part of the Christian faith. It's built on faith. It's built on faith, but it's not built on a faith that just a one-time act. It's built on a faith that we use daily. It's like a muscle that we must use our faith. Faith never gets old to Jesus. Look what he says. Says Jesus realized at once the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pushing on us, pressing on us. How can you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had just happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And then listen to what Jesus says. He recognizes her in front of everybody. Daughter. He calls her daughter. She's unnamed, but Jesus calls her daughter. Your faith has made you well. He recognizes her faith. Go in peace. You've got peace now. Your suffering is over. See, faith never gets old to Jesus. But it doesn't just stop with Jesus. It doesn't get old to others. That, that, that people around, when you and I, when we step out in faith, it inspires others. The people in the crowd, they heard it, they saw it, they knew the woman, they saw it, what happened, boom, boom, boom. She is recognized by Jesus. I went to celebrate recovery last month. And our lead pastor, Scott, shared his testimony. And what happens at CR stays at CR. But I'll share this with you. It was bold. It was bold. He shared about mistakes he had made in his life. He shared about some hurts, some habits, and some hang-ups that he had struggled with. Look, you could have heard a pin drop that night. But there was nothing about it, man. I was, I was so pumped. I was so proud. I was inspired. See, when, when someone steps out in faith, it inspires everybody. 
inspires. You think about it at times, man. You see somebody step, you go, whoa. Man, did you see that? Did you hear it? Did you watch it? Did you see that? Man, it is nothing more inspirational than seeing people step out in faith. But most of all, the person that inspires, it's you. It's recognized by Jesus, inspires us, but it inspires us. Listen, this woman was never more fully alive than this moment right here. She stepped out in faith and God answered. Jesus showed up. Jesus healed her. Jesus recognized her. She was never more fully alive than this moment right here. So let me ask you this question. Has your faith gotten stale? Is it a little moldy? Got some rust on it? Where's God calling you to act? Where's He calling you to move? Where's He calling you to maybe jump? Because listen to me. The most boring life in the world is a life where your faith has gotten old. There's a God that's supernatural out there. And He wants to move and act in your life and your circle and your friends and your family. He wants to do things that, man, you never dreamed. I believe this all my heart, that you never imagined. And he wants to use you. He wants to inspire. He wants to, man, he wants to draw you in. He's going to show you and do things. But we got to step out. And I don't, I don't have those answers for you. I don't have them for me. But I know that's how God works. And so, here's my prayer for you today. I pray you become desperate. I pray you take steps of faith. I pray you're bold. I pray you feel fully alive like never before. We're going to close the service different today. Um, we never, we've never closed a service like this until the last service we just had at 930. But we're going to close the service by having a time of prayer for healing. When uh, I was preaching at the East Campus, when we only had one campus, I, had a, I was sick. I'm, I'm rarely ever sick, but I, I told you I was sick today. I've been sick. I, anyway, I was sick, and I shared I was sick, and, and, and I was hacking. I was worse than then than I was today. And, and at the end of the service, this guy comes up to me and said, hey, you said you're sick. Can we pray for you? And I knew him. I didn't know him well. I said, yeah, it'd be great. He said, I'm going to go to the car and get the oil. I said, it's about to get a little freaky in here. <laughs> get a little freaky. And I thought about this guy. You know, we carry all kinds of stuff in our cars. Spare tire, jacks, um, air compressors. This guy, he carries a bottle of olive oil so he can pray for people. That's the kind of guy I want to be. And so, we're going to close with a time of prayer. The olive oil, we're going to anoint with oil, anoint anybody who's sick, anybody who has a physical issue, an emotional issue, an addiction, something you're struggling with, 
and pray for healing. And uh, one of our elders, Kyle, is here today. And I've asked Stephanie and my son Mitchell, they'll be up here. The whole thing of anointing with oil is something from the scriptures. In Mark 6, 13, it says that Jesus sent the apostles out and they anointed with oil and the sick were healed. In James, it says the leader of the church are to anoint with oil and that the sick were prayed for and can be healed. And look, this isn't something like on TV you're seeing. It's some freaky stuff like that. We're following what the scriptures say. The whole concept of oil is to invoke God's presence into your situation. That's what we want to do. That's all we want to do. And so I'm going to say a prayer. Cameron's going to come sing. And then we'll be people standing up here that want to pray for you, whatever's going on in your life. And they will anoint you and we'll pray. And then we'll close out. So let's pray together. Father, God, we believe in you. You are a God who heals. And Lord, I, uh, I ask your forgiveness, Lord. For the times I don't believe this that the circumstances seem too big. And Lord, for this moment, when we come to you knowing that you care about us, your word says to cast all our cares upon you because you care about us. And so, Lord, in this moment, we cast these cares, physical, emotional, addiction, whatever, Lord. And we come to you, Lord, we invoke you into our problems, into our dilemmas, into our lives, our circumstances. And we ask for your healing power. Thank you that you've allowed us to do this. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me and would you come?